I, I just want to jump right into to Second Peter. Uh, so if you have your Bible, just open it up to Second Peter, uh, or First Peter chapter two is what we're in, and it's not on you version. Sorry, Gary, I didn't put it up, but oh well, I'll find it. Yeah. Yeah, but we're but we're in chapter two, and and uh, man, this is this is good. I've been wrestling with this for a while, um, especially you know this week because well, we're talking on it. So I've I've been wrestling with it, and it, it is such a rich text. These these three verses that I want to get through today. So I want to pray for us that that one our minds will be clear, our hearts will be open, and that even in this uh, kind of different environment, that God will still um, speak and He'll show us some really cool stuff today. And so. God, we give you this time. We, we, we really do. We open our hands, we open our hearts, we open our minds. Uh, God, you're worthy of absolutely everything. Without you, God, we are nothing. So God, today, I ask that you would continue to uh, just speak to us. Just show us how much you love us. And, and as, as we go through this text and as we go through your word, I pray for clarity of, of my mind and, and, and words, and I pray that your Holy Spirit will come and teach us all something extremely unique to ourselves. God, I pray for any distractions that, that we've come in with, that they'll be gone. And then if even even in this, this environment right here, if there's something distracting us, that, that that'll be gone. And God, that your word will speak to us in a, in a mighty, mighty way. So we give you this time. Um, do with it what you will. And in your name we pray. Amen. Okay. Um, I would like us to just read the first three verses. Uh, I'm kind of following around here. So uh, let's read the first three verses together. It says this, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave, spiritual, uh, crave pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. If, you, uh, if you're into taking the notes today, you can go ahead and write this down. This is kind of the aha that I came up with for today. And the aha is this, okay? Rid the world and crave the word. Rid the world and crave the word. What I want to do is kind of pick this apart, and, and we're going to start backwards. We're going to go to verse 3, then 2, and then 1. And, and I want to describe kind of the setting, and, and Garrett's smiling. He's like, of course you'll go backwards, so why not? Let's, let's go backwards today. But verse 3, uh, let, let, let's read it. It says this, Now that you have tasted that the Lord is what? Good. good. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. And I, and I think about this, and, and kind of to set this up a little bit, it talked about spiritual milk in verse 2, uh, but I, I want to make a difference because we've read uh, in different parts of the Bible, or you've heard of it maybe in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, is a different context of spiritual milk and, and what that means. But that context in 1 Corinthians 3 is really for non-believers, people that, that do not know who God is. The context of this passage is that this right here, verse 3, and what we're reading is for believers. It's for people that have already called themselves followers of Jesus Christ. And we know that specifically because we can look at some words in verse 3. Now, now that you have what? Have tasted. Now that you have tasted. And so the context is for us, Christians. It is for us. Now that we have tasted something that we have already done a part of, that the Lord is what? He is good. 
And as I was going through verse 3, and especially that the Lord is good, so many passages popped up in my mind. A ton of passages. Here's a few. Nahum 1.7. Uh, you know, I do my whole, you know, start on a word and kind of go through the whole Bible and tie it all together. And, you know, it's just my little habit I do. Um, sorry, but Nahum I came across, and it was, it was beautiful. It says this, The Lord is good, a refuge in, troubles, in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust Him. That's a beautiful verse. He cares for those that trust Him. And then Psalms 100 verse 5, uh, you may know this. For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. For the Lord is good. His love endures forever. There's nothing that we can do that will separate us from the love of God. His love endures forever. He is good. And then what we even talked about last week in Acts 5. And this is kind of our story. This is our story. In Acts 5, we talked about it. Because we once were in prison. We once were held bondage. We were in that jail in verse 17 through 20 of Acts 5. We were in that jail. And Jesus came and and miraculously he visited us. Because there's no, no jail, no bondage so deep that God cannot reach down and pluck us out of. He loves us. And that's our story. We were separated from God. We were in bondage and in jail. He came in. He set us free. And he said, go to the temple courts. He is good. Just our life alone should be enough. Just our life alone, we can smile because we've been set free. The Lord is good. Would you agree? The Lord is good. Absolutely. What um, kind of a homework that, that I think would be good for us to do is, is maybe you have one of these. Just your blessing list or something. Grab, grab a piece of paper when you get home. Or maybe add to this list. And this is just your blessing list. Think about your life. And I'll give you a starting point if, if, if you've never done this. Okay? Here's a starting point. You're breathing. That's a blessing. You're alive. That's a blessing. Oftentimes we get caught up in the ways of this world or we get caught up in, in just distraction. And our weeks come, our week comes, our job comes, our family comes, our schedule comes. Every come, everything comes on us. And suddenly we're so busy and we're so distracted that we'll say deep down the Lord is good. But our lives we are running and gunning. And so today, today, hit pause and start your blessing list. I'm alive. I'm breathing. Awesome. And go down from there because there's about a billion other things that we can, we can say, God, you are alive and God, you are good. You've set me free. How great are you, our God? Thank you, God. So in this verse 3, when we read, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good, that word good should make you smile because he is good. And in our life, he is good. And I know every single one of us have stories that can show how, how good God is. Let's go to verse 2. <clears throat> verse 2 says this, Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Okay? Verse 2 is a great passage because there's a word that jumps out at me and it's crave spiritual milk. Crave spiritual milk. What's that word? Crave. That's a, a good word. And 
this is kind of an analogy that he's talking about in verse 2 uh, because the analogy is this is, is you know an infant what do they do uh, for milk they, they crave that milk right what happens if they go four hours and, and they don't have their milk? They, they long, they, they whine, they cry, all that stuff. They need that milk. They crave that milk. And this right here is an analogy that's saying that the Word of God is, is that spiritual milk. And so in order to, to see this, we need to back up a little bit and to into, uh, go, go up to verse 23 of, of, uh, of the first chapter. So 1 Peter 1. Verse 23 says this, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Then it goes right into, Therefore rid yourself of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk. And you can add an NASB, that version says, the pure spiritual milk of the Word. Of the Word. You see, a long time ago when this Bible was written, there wasn't chapters and there weren't verses. And so it's really hard kind of sometimes to get context because we think chapter one is done. Now we're on to a whole new idea, a whole new topic in chapter two. But that's not the case. If you read the Bible and especially first Peter, if you're reading from the first verse all the way through here, when we get to this crave spiritual milk, it, it makes sense that this pure spiritual milk is not literal milk, but this but the word of God. And so that puts in context for us that we as newborn babies should crave what? The Word of God. Like a newborn baby craves for milk. I really like in here, and maybe it's just because I'm me, I don't know. But we have a command in this verse. And what's this command? The command is to what? To desire. The command is to crave. God has given us a, a command to what? Crave. Wow! You think that's a, that's a whole spectrum of emotions and, and full of life right there? That God is commanding us to crave the, the Word of God? I love that. This right here says this. Don't settle till you have, um, don't settle till you have this, the Word of God burning in your life. Don't don't just wake up and, and, and read the Word of God because it's a checklist thing that you have to do. See, this Word of God, and as He's speaking to us right here, He's saying it should so penetrate your heart and you should fall so in love with it that you crave it. Like you want it. You, you know that you've gone a while without reading it. And you, you want it. You want to know what God's saying in here. And, and it makes you come alive. See, yesterday as, as I was thinking about setting up for all this, I was looking at my yard. And the yard was really bad. It was really tall. And it was getting late. I didn't want to do it. I was tired. But it, maybe, maybe that's just kind of like an anal thing. I had to mow the yard. I, I didn't have time for it, but I had to mow the yard. I was, in a sense, kind of craving to mow the yard because I couldn't think of the message or anything else till the yard was mowed. But that's not the kind of craving that we're talking about right here. The craving that we're talking about here is the kind that you just cannot get away from. 
Like you know if you're running and you're not getting the word of God in you because you're dry. And you can't wait to get back and say, Lord, please feed me. God, please, I want to drink from this milk, this pure spiritual milk. And you know what the neat thing about this is? God is, is, is giving us this command to desire and to crave it. And the longer that we spend in Him and with Him and pray with Him, do we believe that God can bring our desire to crave His Word? I do. I know there's times when I just, I'm eating this thing up. Like, I'm in it and I can't get enough. But there's also times when I really, I feel dry and I really, honestly, I don't even want to read this thing. I, I just, I mean, just being honest, maybe you guys read it every day, all day long. But there's days, there's moments that I'm just like, I don't want to pick this up. And I don't know why. But here's the deal. I believe that God has given us this command to crave his word right here. And I believe that he can also give us the way to do that. And so those moments that we don't feel like reading it, those moments that we feel dry, those moments right there, that's when we really go, God, please, please give me whatever it takes to desire your word, to crave your word. We cannot settle until it's burning in our life. Pray for God to give you the desires you don't have and that God would bend your heart for His Word. His Word, if we look at it, His Word first and foremost did what? It, it gives life. He spoke, bam, there's life. His Word. But then He was gracious enough and good enough to give us His Word to do what? To sustain our life. So why is it that we think, that I think, I can go without absorbing the Word of God. I don't know what it looks like for you. For me, because I am kind of ADD, I'm all over the place. My, my time with God it jumps around and looks different all the time. Most, most currently what I've been doing is this big Bible right here, taking notes on the side. I have my very ritualistic time where I get my coffee or tea or whatever it is. And I sit down and, and I kind of go through and I read a proverb and a Psalms and, and just kind of, I have, I have that. And, and, and you know what's neat about that is I went to Gunnison and Crested Butte this last week and I didn't have that time. And I can tell you when I was driving back, I just, I felt, I felt like, God, I, ugh. Like, I, I, I don't know, not like a legalistic, I gotta go do it, but I wanna do it. I can't wait to have my morning with you tomorrow morning. And it doesn't even have to be in the morning, but for me, it is now. And so I couldn't wait to get into the Word and to read it. If you don't feel like it, pray that God would give you the desire to crave this pure spiritual milk of the Word of God. Because in it is our life, and that's how He sustains us. I am dying physically. I mean, I'm, I'm 37. I, I think I've kind of started doing this. I don't know. I'm still young. But I, I'm dying physically. We all are. And from the moment we're born, we, we kind of begin this process of almost dying. That's morbid, I know. But I'm dying physically at 37. At 38, I'm probably not going to operate like I did at 37, especially when I'm 40, I'm not going to operate. You know, on and on, our bodies are, are, are failing us. That's the way that God has designed them to do that. But spiritually, our line should be the opposite. Spiritually at 37, I should be more in love with God at 37 than I was at 36. And when I'm 40, I should be more in love with God and I should crave this more. I think that's why, honestly, I really like to sit with old people. 
I sat with uh, one of my friends, Virginia Harris, 71 years old, okay, up in Gunnison. And, and I, just, I, just, I just wanted her to speak. Because here's a life that has walked in love with God. And here's a life that her body, you know, she can't go and go mountain biking anymore or whatever. Her body's failing her. But spiritually, she's alive. And I just wanted to absorb that. How rich is it when we have spent a life absorbing the word of God? Physically, we're dying right now. But spiritually, we are being renewed every single day. And we're becoming alive every single day. I'm dying physically, but spiritually, I'm on the way up. Here's a neat little Bible study for you uh, if you're interested in this. And, and John Piper kind of laid this out, and I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. If you look at 1 Peter uh, 1, verse 5, uh, it, it talks about salvation until the coming of salvation. And then if you look at 1 Peter 2, two uh, verse 2, you kind of put those on top of each other and it says growing up in your salvation. If you look at both of those together and in our context of verse two, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, that you may grow up in your salvation. What does that say? That says that God continually, every day, is continuing to work out your salvation and to perfect you. He's given you the Holy Spirit to guide you, to prompt you. You're not perfect today. You're not perfect today. You, you, you want to be and you're striving to be like God every single day. But he's continuing to give you this uh, abundance of love and grace and direction to work out your salvation. And that is a beautiful thing. If we've called on the name of the Lord, we are saved. And he continues to perfect us from this day at the age of 37 till I die. And that's the same in your life. And so when we set that up and we go to verse 1, oh, knowing that we are alive and every day builds upon that, we go to verse 1. This passage right here, in this verse right here, holds both bondage and freedom. If you look at these three verses, it holds bondage for the man caught in malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander. If you're a man caught in that, you are in bondage. But the latter part of it gives us freedom for the man that craves the word of the Lord. Spiritual mouth, the pure spiritual mouth, the word of the Lord. I will not settle for what I've been. And I will not settle even for what I am right now. Because even though I do love God right now, if I was to hit pause on that, I guarantee you that a week from now, that a year from now, however long down the road from now, if you looked at me and I'm in the same place spiritually then as I am now, it's as good as I'm dead. We're not designed to sit and to be stale and stagnant. God designed us so our physical bodies will begin to shut down, but our spiritual, our spiritual lives will grow more in love with Him every day. And so he gives us in verse 1, he gives us this list of stuff, this malice and deceit, hypocrisy and envy and slander. He gives us this and he says, man, this is the bondage kind of stuff. But for the man who is craving the word of God, there's freedom in that. To remain here where I'm at today is to die. To remain where you're at right now in your relationship with God today is to die. God designed us to long for Him. 
every day. I think in a side kind of topic, it's this. God gives us our bellies to let us know when we're hungry, right? We don't eat, our bellies growl. That's a good spiritual reminder. You know, it's a physical truth of a spiritual reminder. Next time that your stomach growls for food, feed it. But be reminded that spiritually your soul is growling. It's hungry for spiritual food and the things of God. I want to go through. I couldn't do it any better than than John Piper did. So I I want to give you the definitions of what he said uh, for these these words right here. Because he just nailed it. I tried to be creative and come up with my own. But he's way smarter. So I'll just rip him off completely. Uh, So there's his credit. Okay, malice. A desire to hurt someone with words or deeds. Malice. A desire to hurt someone with words or deeds. Have you ever done that? Never fallen into that trap? I do, all the time. Deceit. A desire to gain some advantage or preserve some position by deceiving others. I'm pretty selfish. I like to deceive people all the time. Hypocrisy. A desire to be known for what you are not. Woo! That one was good. Hypocrisy. A desire to be known for what you are not. Stop acting, you know? I mean, it's pretty pretty simple. Envy. A desire for some benefit or privilege that belongs to another. Without resentment, they, uh, um, with resenting that they have it and you don't. Does that make sense? I kind of messed it up, so let me read it again, okay? A desire... Uh, envy, a desire for some benefit or privilege that belongs to another with resentment that they have it and you don't. <laughs> you ever fallen into that? I do that all the time too. Man, I am, I'm messed up. <clears throat> Slander, a desire for revenge and self-enhancement also driven by the deeper desire to deflect the tension from our own failings. The worse light we can put on someone else, the less we appear dark. These are good definitions. These are terrible words. And a a person caught in bondage will practice malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. But the person that's been set free and craves the word of of the Lord, the spiritual milk, we know that physically we're humans and we're going to be tempted to practice these malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander. We know that. I'm going to mess up every day. But that's where the grace of God comes in. And he says, that's okay. That's okay. I forgive you. That's okay. Don't beat yourself up over that. And at the same time, child of mine, at the same time, I love you so much that I want you to run after me and to grow more in love with me every single day. And so we won't look the same today as we will five years from now because we will have said, Malice, I hate you. Get out of my life. We will say deceit. We will say hypocrisy, envy, slander. You have no place in my life. Even though I practice them, I'm sorry, but I am going to try to run after God and perfect this faith. I want to crave the word of the Lord. Is this ringing in your life? We will mess up. Yes. Wonderful. God's given you grace. He says, that's okay. Yet run after me with all your heart with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This whole thing, it's kind of like God is speaking to us. 
And this is what he's saying. He said, What I've said is what I meant. Life is directed by me and for me. The hearts of men are deceived when they chase after the desires of their flesh. In me they find life. In life here, they find death. Tune to me. Awaken your soul. Be who I've created you to be. Do what I've created you to do. It's an honor bestowed upon those I select. You've been chosen. You are love. Now choose to love. And so if we revisit the aha, the aha is this. Rid the world and crave the word. Every day, the world is going to come at us. And every day, the temptations of all these things, malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander, plus a world of other things are going to come at us that Satan's going to try to defeat us with. Depression. A lack of self-confidence and believing who God's created you to be and that He actually does love you. Comparing ourselves to other people. I mean, the list can go on and on of how we beat up ourselves every single day. At the end of the day, God says, I love you. Press into me. Run after me. You know what the cool thing about that is? I've been a Christian for a very long time. And it seems like the more that I dig into this, the more I love it. And it seems like, even those moments I don't dig into this, God eventually gives me the desire to get back in here because I know that life can't be sustained without absorbing the pure spiritual milk of the Word of God. If you would right now, just maybe just close your eyes and I want us to reflect just a little bit. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and the slander of every kind, the stuff that keeps you in bondage. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. The Lord is good. God, I thank you for our our time that we've had this morning. I thank you that your word is so, so rich. God, I thank you that it's an encouragement. God, I, I thank you that when we mess up, you're there to say it's okay. And God, that you'll give us the strength to move on, to press into you, to love you more. I ask for every single one of us this week that we will tune our ear to you, that our hearts will begin to beat wildly for you, And that, God, if there's any of us in here that we've been neglecting picking up your word and absorbing it, 
that God, you would supernaturally just put a desire in us, a longing in us to crave your word. And that God will do what it takes to set aside our schedule. That God, we will be purposed in this. God, I pray for all of us in here that tonight when we lay our head on our pillow, we'll smile knowing that you're madly in love with us. Madly. It's in your name we pray. Amen.